Hi guys, welcome to Balance Chaos. Happy to have you here for another week. And this week we are going to be talking about bah, 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 relationships. <laughs> Conscious <laughs> relationships. It really doesn't need a bum bum bum, but no. I, I felt like it should. Um, yeah. So conscious relationships. So when we say conscious relationships, what does that mean? Um, I think what we're saying is mindful relationships. I'm just going to change the word. <laughs> Figure that <laughs> out. <Instead of> <laughs> no. no, but like using your relationship as a tool to grow and as a mirror rather than just thinking that it's solely for partnership or connection. Yeah. So everyone that comes into our life is here to teach us. And when you start realizing and recognizing and becoming aware of that, um, one, it makes relationships a little bit easier because you're understanding, you're seeing them in a way that we're all learning and growing, right? Yes. Everyone's changing all the time. And two, I don't know what my two was, but it was a really good one. I feel like it makes a lot <laughs> easier. It makes the ending of relationships, whether they're long-term yes. or short-term easier. It makes learning about yourself a little bit easier. Yeah. I think it's just... It just teaches you that everything has a purpose. Yes. And then you get to just be a part of what's happening. Like be a part of the experience rather than thinking like, why isn't this working? Or what, what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them? Like thinking about it more as what can I get from this? Who am I growing into? Who is this person growing into? And let's help each other. I like that a lot. And then also... That was my two. That was really good. <laughs> well, also... What can I learn from this and what's it trying to show me instead of, oh gosh, relationships never work for me or relationships are too hard. It gives you more control than you're used to having because you realize like, oh, I wasn't getting the lesson. That's why we keep having this fight. Once you get the lesson and communicate, it puts you back in a space of empowerment. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Empowerment. That's a good word. So I think we should... Yeah, good job. (laughs) A plus. Um, I think we should start just by saying that we are coming at this relationship talk from very different places, right? Uh, I've been married for 11 years. We are going to have known each other for 12 because, you know, we didn't really date. (laughs) Right for it. Just went for it. So long term, learned a lot. I, on the other hand, have not just went for it ever. <laughs> um, I have dated a bit. I have dated as a single parent. And so I'm coming from more of a dating perspective, but I do see the positives. And I am in a happy relationship now. Who's to know? But <laughs> no, we're hopeful. Um, and I've gotten a lot of lessons. So we're not saying either one is better or worse. No, like you are where you are. And I think whether you're in a relationship for a long time or you're in a brand new relationship, there's lessons all the time. Absolutely. Yes. So cool. So let's, let's dive in. <laughs> let's dive into all this stuff. <laughs> okay. So first I actually, I don't think I said this, but there's no coincidences. Did we say that? No, we didn't. Okay. So your soul is choosing the people that you are attracted to for a reason. So if you are attracted to somebody, especially think about the times we're dating. So let's go late teens, early twenties. Okay. That's when most of us start seriously dating, right? The people you're most attracted to are those people that are going to draw out your biggest lessons that you need to start to heal 
at those earlier stages in life. Which are sometimes some big stuff. Yeah. Right? It's like you wonder why you're being confronted with so much and going through so much. It's because your soul's ready. Yeah. Ready for some lessons and ready for some growth. It's time for some (laughs) transmutation of energy. I don't know why I really wanted to say that. Um, (laughs) That was transmutation of Of energy. energy. (laughs) In case you missed it. I said it really fast because I like half committed. (laughs) Um, But it's true. Most of our souls are here to grow. Well, all of our souls are here to grow. We're here to learn about ourselves, and it's through love that we get the biggest lessons. We refer to childhood trauma a lot in spirituality or energy work. It does not mean we're calling your parents horrible. All of us have some sort of stored emotional trauma from childhood. It doesn't have to be a big, terrible occurrence for it to be trauma, and I think that's important to remember because a lot of times when people hear childhood trauma, they go like, my parents were great, I had a great childhood, but there's still... Things that happen that, as a child, you couldn't process properly, and it gets stored in your body, and you got to work it out. Work it out. (laughs) An example of this would be, like, I do think in my early 20s or, like, late teens, I had abandonment issues, Mm -hmm. and my parents were always there. I had both parents, but I realized in doing this healing work that... My early toddler years, I really wanted my mom home and she worked. So she would say, I love you, and then drop me off at daycare. And I would literally internalize it as a child as, if you love me, you wouldn't leave me here. Right. Which, of course, as an adult, now you know, like, that was not the case. Yes. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you didn't store it, even if you know now that that's right. what it was. And I was one of those children that was like, when the time changed, I like told my mom she was late. Like I was always waiting for my mom to come pick me up. Yes. <laughs> like, I wasn't somebody you could just drop off and then I would have fun. Like mm-hmm. I was waiting for my mom. So you're like, it's time. <laughs> so that created an abandonment issue that in my early twenties dating, I had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, speak, I'll mention one little one of mine. My mom was always late. Love you, mom, but always late to pick me up. And so I have a really, if somebody if a partner, not like a friend, like if you're like, I'm going to be, I'm late. But if a partner isn't coming, um, home at the right time, like even if, if my husband's out, which that never really happens now, but <laughs> that one earlier, time he went out. earlier on when he would go out and if he told me he was going to be home at one time and the time clicked past, it was like immediately did not feel good for me. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Even though there was nothing he, yeah. to not trust about him, but it felt like a, distrust and of course he didn't know that that right that and I probably didn't either at the time so that that is an amazing example because that brings us right to look at the times you get mad or you're triggered by someone (laughs) yeah and you think it's them doing it to you like because Hallstein in that situation like let's say he (laughs) stopped to get a soda maybe he was really thirsty yeah that's a weird example but (laughs) He stopped. He usually, get a, he usually got soda when he was out. Like, okay, because no, <laughs> <laughs> he's an angel. He wouldn't put alcohol in his body. Yeah. But let's say he stops to get a soda, and you're over here creating this whole scenario in your oh. head, and he had no intention or thought of even hurting you. No, and yeah, that would always be what it was. And he would come home, and I'm mad, and he's like, "Okay, crazy, <laughs> I don't really crazy. get this. What is happening?" But yeah, it was something that really triggered me, and. It's not something I recognized either that was a like as a trigger. So that brings us also to awareness. Like the more aware you are of things that bother you, the easier it is to go, oh, this is happening to me. I'm having this strong reaction. 
Because it's a trigger. Yes. And so, then we can dig into what it is. Exactly. So start <laughs> writing your triggers down. Mm-hmm. Pay attention when you're triggered and start asking yourself, like, what am I mad at? What's going on here? Because usually it's not what's happening right now. It's something from your past. Yes. That is re-scratching that wound or resurfacing. Yeah. Just opening it back up. Um, so then <laughs> when we look at dating... When you're drawn to certain people, and let's say they're similar to other people you've dated. Yes, you have that pattern of this person, and you think they're going to be different, and all of a sudden they show up in this, and you're like, what? This person does this too? Does every man? I don't know. Is every man not trustworthy? Yeah. That's when you have to look at, you have some sort of issue with trust or trusting men. Yes. And it's your issue, so you're drawing in people who trigger that. It's not that every man is untrustworthy. It's that your your soul's trying to get that lesson. It's bringing these people to you so that you can understand this about yourself and heal. Yes. So like with trust, a lot of it is listening to your intuition. So a lot of us meet people and we lie to ourselves about who they are. Like you have Mm -hmm. this idealization like, oh, they're the perfect partner. They're this, they're that. And so you create this lie. And then when that starts to crumble, you continue like, nope, they're still perfect. They're still doing it. So in turn, the energy exchange is that now they have to lie to you as the mirror that you're lying to yourself. Yes. So you need to learn that lesson. Stop idealizing people. Be honest with yourself. Trust people when they show you who they are. Yep. And then you'll stop attracting people who are liars in that specific example. And I think um, just in case, I don't know if we've said it this episode. I know we said it in previous ones. But when someone is a mirror for you, that is basically meaning? Usually the opposite. So like... If I hate that girl because she's loud, I have trouble speaking up for myself. Yes. So it's basically just showing almost like the opposite of what you're doing. And if you're so bothered by it, it's because you need to. You're not doing enough. So like if you hate somebody because they can just sit down and play video games, it's because you don't allow yourself to relax. Yeah. Notice if you've sat down at all today, if you hate that someone's sitting. Yeah. (laughs) And if the answer is no, which it probably is, that's because you need a little more of that. A little more relaxation. So, yes, if patterns are repeating in your dating life, but you're dating different people, you need to check in with yourself. It's not the dating pool. It's who you are attracting for what you need to heal. Yeah. It's not the all men in your city are terrible men. There's people of all sorts everywhere, but you got to gotta see what you're, what you're working there. with. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the other thing that we want to talk about also in dating is like maybe a breakup and like having that difficult conversation when you know, so like we were talking about intuition and following your intuition. So say, you know, you know, this person's not right for you, but they meet every box on paper. Yeah. You're like, this is what I've been asking for, but there's just something that's not right. And they're nice and they're this, but you have to have that conversation for, I'm, I hate a difficult conversation and confrontation. So this was a hard one for me. Like when things weren't quite right, it's, I feel like it's usually either one or the other. It's either you have like someone who's breaking up with you or you just don't want to go there and are avoiding it at all costs and just going along even though it's, you know, it's not, not right. fitting. Yeah. I would say I learned a lesson in this. <laughs> and it was for me, it was a, a comparison and referencing a previous podcast, but a lot of my friends were getting married and settling down and happy. And so I had somebody who loved me, but I wasn't really feeling it. And I was like, well, I can't end it now. Like I can't. When you kind of get to that point where you feel very invested. Yes. 
And I'm like, how could I have been wrong about this? But I knew I was wrong the whole time because I mm-hmm. rationalized through the whole relationship. So when I finally like, had the difficult conversation months after I should have had it, <laughs> I was like, wow, I really should have done this sooner. I felt like a weight was lifted off of me. And it wasn't fair to that person to string them along either. Yes. Which I think when you are rationalizing something, uh, especially with a relationship though, the moment you say those words out loud, it's like, like freedom. Like you've broken out of this shell and like deep down, you probably were like, I can't live like this forever. This isn't what it should feel like. But you're, but when someone checks all the boxes and you're in a comparison scenario where you're checking in with everyone else and seeing that they're happy, which who knows, as we talked about on our comparison episode, you never know (laughs) if somebody's happy, but um, yeah, you got to have those difficult conversations. You do. And what you're also putting out there when you're manifesting is that you believe in an abundant universe. If you hold on to somebody because you're like, well, they're good enough and you settle. Then you're not. Yeah. Then you're not giving the universe a chance to show you the good that can come after that, the better, the, what you're actually asking for, the full thing. Yeah. And instead of thinking about, I think a lot of times people think about, um, relationships as failures when you are, you know, That's a past, past a certain age, you're like, well, I'm a failure. Cause I didn't, it's not being a failure. It's, it's your stepping stone. You're working your way towards whatever it is that your end goal might be, whether that's with someone or not, but like you're learning all these things about yourself. So it's not failure. It's actually accomplishment to let yeah. that person go. Well, you can even look at it as like, you've learned all these lessons. Now you can outgrow someone. Yes. Maybe they're not meant to be a lifetime of lessons, so you outgrow them, but that's just a commandment to you that you've now reached these lessons and you realize that you realize when something's not for you anymore. So it's okay to end a relationship. It's okay to outgrow a relationship. It does not mean you're not getting the lesson. Yes. Now, if there is a lesson and you're choosing to ignore it until Mm. you run away from relationships to ignore your lessons, that's a separate problem. That's a totally different story. That means you're not confronting and instead you're just... Avoidant, Avoiding. and you're not going to heal. You're not going to shift or change. It's, you're always going to feel like it's everyone else. Yeah. So pay attention if you're a runner. <laughs> if you're a runner, this is for you. <laughs> so okay. now let's go into long-term relationships. Okay, so going into long-term relationships or marriage doesn't have to be marriage. It's yeah. just you're with someone, you're in it, you're committed, you maybe have four children or more, and um, does that mean lessons are over? No. No, I think I, my husband and I learn lessons from each other all the time. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's easier, but, um, marriage is something you really have to keep dating when you're married. And I think that's part of what keeps you engaged, but also what keeps the lessons coming because you don't feel like this is just a person that, you know, lives in your house. That's right. There with You're not you. just roommates. Yeah. Because I, I think the more you, um, forget to kind of nurture each other, that's when like problems happen. That makes sense because, because you're just going through the motions. Yeah. You're going through the motions. You've kind of forgotten what it is about this person that brought you together. And you're just asked, like, why aren't you doing more dishes for me and helping <laughs> me with the kids? But you have to, you really have to nurture it. I think that's, that's a big one for me. Um, yeah. When I hear you say nurture, so what I'm thinking of is being intentional and being in the moment with that person. Cause I think 
a lot of us as humans have a tendency when we get used to something and it's not brand new, it's less exciting. So we're not in the moment. We're more likely to sit with our partner and be on our phone or ignore them or be working on something and tune them out. Where when you first start dating somebody, it's exciting because you're in the moment. They're so exciting. They're so new that you're, they have your undivided attention. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think that's exactly it. So when you first, like, I know when Halstein and I first started dating, first of all, we were, like, apart. So when we would see each other, which we weren't apart that long, but still, (laughs) when we would see each other, it was like, ah, and it's so exciting. And there's just a lot of, I don't know, electricity and fire, and it's all very exciting. And then, you know, you are together and you see each other all the time, Um right now where he's working from home, I'm home a lot. Like we're even just in our space a lot. So we have to really pay attention and take time. Like we will have times where we take our phones away or where we, um, he's honestly better at this than me. Like, do you want to just turn off the TV and talk a little? And I'm like, Oh, do I? (laughs) But like, really, I, we always feel so much better after that. And it's, but it's something. It's a choice you have to make. Yeah, I think. you have to make the choice to communicate. Mm-hmm. And communication, like that's really the key to to marriage, in my opinion. Like the times that we've had, like harder times, it's when we're not talking or when I we're not sharing what we need. One of us is being more closed off, and the more that you're vulnerable and open yourself up, the more you get out of a long term relationship. I think because. We've, I mean, we've gone through a lot and there's definitely times where you kind of want to retreat or you don't want to tell that person, like, this is what I'm going through and I feel really crappy right now. Like you just kind of want to hole up in your bed by yourself. Right. But you have to really open yourself up and be like, Hey, even just telling them, like, I feel really crappy and I need some space. Space. Um, that way they're not in their head thinking like, Oh my gosh, what I do wrong? Or, you know, I didn't do the dishes and she's mad that I got home. And it's like, no, no you're really dealing with something on your own and they need to know it's not about them. Yeah. And I I think that's, it just, it helps you grow so much. I mean, the, the times that I'm like trying to act like everything's fine or I'm trying, I can tell that he's kind of off. So I'm trying to overdo. That's usually when there's more tension because we're both trying to like pick up the slack for the other person instead of just having that really open conversation of like, Ugh, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. <laughs> no, I feel like even in dating, mm-hmm. I've seen a pattern in like my relationships now as a more adult are way better because I do communicate more. Where I feel like in early 20s, it was like I came into it guarded. Like I'm not telling them my feelings. I'm not yeah. telling them how I feel. I let them see. Let's let's see if they can figure it out. Yes. And so when you <laughs> test someone, they're going to fail every time. Yeah. But when you come to it with an open heart and vulnerable not like, you know, tell somebody your whole life on your first date, but right. like responsibly, but like communicating your truth. I've attracted better partners. Yeah. Like that do want to communicate that are about that. But it's like setting that intention, like this is the partner I want. So then this is who I need to be. Yes. Well, and I think, I also think like when people, when we first met each other and they're like, how did you meet each other? What were you doing? Like, I felt like I was so myself then I was yeah. so comfortable in my skin I knew who I was and like I could have taken him or, le- or left, you know, yeah. I wasn't like looking for uh, somebody to complete you. Yeah. Like I was pretty, I was complete and I felt good. And then I met him and I was like, oh, you're cool. And I feel like we could hang out and talk for a long time. And that's exactly what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's ideal though. So like yeah. if you could, not all of us get to work through all of our trauma and yes. become our whole selves before we meet someone, but 
If you're actively looking to meet somebody right now, make sure you're complete within yourself and you're not looking for somebody to fill a void that you're not filling for yourself. Yes. If you are in a marriage now or a long-term relationship and you feel a little empty, you should still invest in yourself and have a conversation with your partner about wanting to invest in yourself and suggest that they do too. Yeah. And then you guys will have more to invest into each other. Yeah. And I I do, as you were talking, this was coming to me like different... Different times that have been harder in my relationship, it's when I've needed to work on something with me. It's the times that I'm not complete, and that's why it's coming up like that. I agree with that because I do feel like, as humans, it's our nature to want to feel alive. Yeah. (laughs) So we create drama when we're bored. So, like, if one partner is working a lot and very busy at work, they're less less likely to come home and nitpick the relationship usually. But if Mm -hmm. one partner is maybe staying home with the kids or only working part-time, they're going to have more time to think and stew on the things that are bothering them because they want to feel alive. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. If you could find a hobby or invest in something you want to learn, you're going to appreciate your partner more. Like... Because you're going to be busy doing this thing. So when you see your partner now, it's exciting. It's not you're thinking about all the things they haven't done for you this. Yeah. And I think... I'll, I think that's part of what makes my relationship work is we both are very have things that we're super passionate about. I mean, sometimes I'm like, do you really have to go upstairs and record another song? But I'm so <laughs> grateful that Halstein has something that he loves and that fuels his creativity. And I, he's, I'm sure he thinks the same things about me when I'm going up to do yoga again. He's like, again? But <laughs> I just think it's so... We have things that fuel ourselves that aren't just each other. And that stops the... Like the little the, nitpicky yeah. and getting. So if you're in a relationship, you both need time for yourselves. Mm-hmm. And then if you have kids, you need time together. Yes. that's. I think you need both anyway. You yeah. need time separately, time with the family, mm-hmm. and then time together. Yes. Yeah, I was just talking with somebody about this because during this time it's harder to maybe take dates or go on dates or just, I don't know, find fun things to do. And you might have to get creative, but you have to nurture that. You do. No, I agree with that. So maybe it's that one conversation that you don't want to have instead of watching TV, but you'll feel better (laughs) after, I promise. You will. (laughs) It's just, you know, stopping the habits that you go to when you're not happy and realizing what's not working. So turn off the TV so that you can talk and figure it out. Yeah. Um, Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) What would you suggest for a couple that was very, very happy and good at communication prior to having children and then, bam, children? Bam, children. Bam, children is right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, children change everything. And I I know, like, I've talked to lots of different people throughout my life, and sometimes they think that that child's going to bring them closer together. And most of the time, that's not the case. Uh, A child is... A lot. A child, I feel like, is a whole nother package of lessons. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they are. That's exactly it. They're like, here, here you go. And the thing is, you can talk about having a family together, but you really, there's a lot about parenting that comes up as you're in it. Because you might hear your partner say that they want to be strict, and then when you see it in action, you're like, whoa, that's not the way I would have handled that. Um, Which I think is a really... That's a whole nother episode, but that is, yeah. <laughs> but you really have to take the time to nurture the relationship once again. So get a babysitter if you have a little baby. Um, talk together when you have like 
an uncomfortable parenting moment, talk about it together and talk about why it was uncomfortable for you because it probably is from childhood trauma. Right. And um, Or if you notice your partner responding in a way that like maybe your partner yells and you don't like it because maybe your parents didn't yell or they did yell. Yeah. Instead of holding that in and just thinking they're the worst partner or parent ever, communicate how you would do it differently, why it triggered you. Don't yes. just, because that's the thing. If we blame, 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 nobody wants to hear that. No. But if we say and are vulnerable to, and speak to why it hurts us or why we don't want our children yes. to go through it, you get a whole different conversation going. That's so true. Like if you, if your partner yells and you come down and you're like, I can't believe you did that. You're awful. Like yeah. that's, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you, they come downstairs, you're like, oh, that shook me. Like, I don't feel good from you doing that. And then they're like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, because that probably wasn't their intention at right. all. And yeah, just having that conversation I think is important. But also taking time together. Yeah, no. that's Do fun things. Okay, then let's also look now at love languages. Ooh, I love love languages. So yes, there's a whole book about it. You can look up the five love languages. There's quizzes online. There's the whole thing. They're very easy to find. But the five love languages are quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, Acts of service and gifts. Gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was like, um, most of us like to give love and receive love in a top two. Yeah. You can have multiple. Um, the quiz that you take will put them in order for you. Yeah. But it's important to know your partner's love language and to know yourself. How do you like to give and receive love? Yeah, because it's kind of, it's one of those things that once you realize what your love language is, you understand why things feel so good when they happen. Like mine is definitely acts of service and quality time. And I feel like depending on where I am in life, they kind of flip flop. Um, so I, I mean, I still like a gift, but I'd rather have like an experience together. That's yeah. Speaks to me better, but knowing what my partner's is allows me to make him feel loved. Like if he's having a bad day, it might not be to do acts of service for him. It might be physical touch. And right. you might need to just cuddle. doesn't yeah. have to be sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of, especially women in my experience, get this like huffy puffiness of like, yeah. he doesn't love me. He doesn't show me he loves me. Like, I do all these acts of service and mm-hmm. I do all these things and he doesn't notice. And it's like, well, no, look at how maybe he's showing you in a different way. So like if your love language is acts of service and maybe he's not bringing you a coffee, but every day he calls you beautiful before you leave. His love language is clearly words of affirmation, affirmation. but you're missing it. So you got, you have to know each other so you don't miss the love. Yeah. So you don't miss the things that they're doing because they're going to be giving you love in the way that speaks to them. And I mean, once you guys learn each other's, then you can kind of work on helping each other. But that's exactly it. You're missing it half the time. You're like, He's not doing this for me, but he's like sitting on the couch, like snuggling into you. He's trying to show you love there. And you're like, get off of me. I have small babies. Right. <laughs> but and so you may need to say, I know you're trying to show me you love me here. I need you to show me in this way right now. Like yeah. if you don't want to be touched because you have small babies, excuse me, you might need to say like, I need you to take the trash out right now. Yeah. And then I'm going to feel more inclined to touch you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, because no one knows what you want unless you say it. Right. Like no one that we, no matter how long you've been married, no matter how long you've been dating, no matter how new things are, your partner, your friends, your people, like there's some people who are really good at reading you and know a lot of things about you, but they still 
might are not going to catch everything. No, they're not. It's just not possible. Just like you're not going to catch everybody else's things. Yeah. Like, humans would have a lot more peace if we would state our wants, needs, expectations, and boundaries out loud oh, to each other. Imagine the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if there's things that you feel like you're missing from your partner, communicate them. Yeah. Gently. And you don't have to be like, oh, you never notice. Yes. You never do this for me. That's not going to be effective. No. And that might show you like, okay, so if you're getting to the point where you're like, you never do this, blame, yes. look at where you're not doing it for yourself Ooh. or where you're not communicating. That's the mirror for you. Yeah. Is that you need to ask for help, speak up. Yeah. Say what you need. And th- like, if you're resentful anywhere, You've been overgiving. That resentment is the sign from signal from your body and your mind. I've been overgiving. I need to ask for something in return. Or I need to rebalance and fill my cup up before I give anymore. Yeah. And and there's gonna be different like ebbs and flows in your relationship and in I don't your capacity, your capacity for giving and like sometimes you need to receive more and you need to like be okay with that as well. That's true. Like allowing somebody to take care of mm-hmm. you or nurture you. Yeah, cuz I know I'm definitely I like to take care of people and that was a hard one for me, but once I once you kind of think about like I like to help, other people like to help too. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, like why am I not, I'm actually just not allowing someone to help me by not receiving. Or being open to it. Mm-hmm. So. Also, letting go of your roles here. Like, I know that I like to cook, but there's times where, like, if I'm really stressed and my partner's like, let me make dinner, and I actually release the control and allow him to do it, I'm like, that was actually good, it was fine, and I'm glad that I was able to sit down for a minute. So you yeah. might need to realize, like, you might always make the dinner or always get groceries, but if your partner offers to do it because they want to help you, let them. Yeah, let them. I'm laughing because I also like to make dinner, but on days that I work in the salon, a lot of times, Halstein makes dinner, which is lovely, but every once in a while, I'll like have this idea that I'm going to make dinner, and then if I come home and he's making dinner, I'm like, oh, I can't believe you're making dinner, and I like <laughs> laugh at myself because I'm like, he's doing something nice, but I like wanted that relaxation, so... If I, because it's almost like meditative for me sometimes to cook. So it, I have now. I remember if I'm feeling like I'm gonna want to cook, I need to Tell express her. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. No, because that's true. There's so many things we can avoid a little fight if we just said it. Yeah, yeah, because like that's nice. I've had to share like with Devin like that because we like since we've been dating, he likes to do a lot of stuff together. And I think it's nice that you like to do a lot of stuff, but I like to, like, if I'm going to work and you want to get coffee in the morning, that's fine, but I don't like rushing into my office. I need a minute to set up. My job isn't something that I can run into. pop in. (laughs) So I've had it, like, and in the beginning, I don't think I communicated that. So there would be times where he'd be like, well, you don't have to leave for work for a half hour. Your first one's not till 9, and it's 8.30. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I need to be there at 8.30, and I would get snappy. And then once I realized, like, no, just tell him that you don't like to rush in. As soon as I started telling him, now he gets it. Yes. But it took me communicating and not just getting annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about communicating. Yeah. Well, and awareness, too. Where do... Like, you can also look at it like, okay, if my partner gets annoyed at something and it happens all the time, where am I not aware of their need? Yeah. That's also true. Because maybe you're, maybe you're like, well, I can't have these conversations with my partner. They're not going to be open to it which is a whole nother can of worms, but you can, what you can do now is figure out where they're frustrated and try to fill that need or try to say like, Hey, is this because you need this? Well, yeah. How 
nice is it? Like if you've been rushing around and somebody's like, I made your lunch, right? And then you're like, oh, I don't have to, or I'll take the kids for you. Yeah. And they're just aware that you're in a rush and it takes something off of you. So doing that back for your partner is also very nice. That's great. I like that. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to try to do that. (laughs) Also letting go. I do feel like it's hard to have a long-term relationship if you expect someone to always be the same. Ooh, yeah, that's that's big. Like you kind of have to give them space to change if you expect the space to change. Right. Like if I have somebody who's like, no, my husband is always mad at five o'clock. Always. I'm like, well, if you assume he's always going to be mad at five. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> he's never not going to be because you have not created the energetic space for it yeah. to shift. Yeah. You have to give them space. And then also not when you ask somebody for something, not bitching when they do it. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a household where my mom would ask for help, but if he didn't do it right the first time and there's no learning curve. Oh Yeah. She would yell at my dad and it's like, well, of course he's not going to keep doing it because... <laughs> you told, Last time you reamed him because yeah. he didn't do it correctly. Right. Where it's yeah. like, give somebody a chance. It's like if you're a child and somebody's yelling at you or like right when you're trying to learn your ABCs, you're like, going to you shut down. You didn't get it. Yeah. No, it's hard. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. We have to give each other space. And I also think it's really important to like acknowledge the things that your partner has taught you. Even, you don't, not necessarily like telling them like, Hey, you taught me this, this, and this, but just thinking back on how this person has already made you grow and being grateful for that. I love that a lot. Yeah. How has Halstein helped you grow? Um, I'm way more on time than I ever used to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, I, we always joke cause he's like, or on time to him is 10 minutes early and on time to me is like four minutes late and not anymore though. But I mean, that's not true. I got here four minutes late. (laughs) So now I get places a lot earlier, especially with the kids because my, uh, my parents were usually late. I actually don't know if my dad was, I know my mom was, which she was usually taking me places. And so we'd be late and we'd be rushing in. And so to me, like I was always anxious if I was early because I felt like it's not time. It's not time. It's not time. Whereas, like, I'm like, oh, but you could just be there and sit in the car for a second. And, and breathe. And, and breathe. Yeah, yeah. And it, like, made my life so much more relaxed. So at first it used to drive me crazy. I just won't. If we're traveling, I won't ask him what time we need to go, like, <laughs> like the flight is. I'm like, just tell me what time we're leaving. I don't want to know that we're at the airport for three hours. That sounds horrible. But if I'm there, I'm fine. Yeah. But if I'm, like, anticipating we're there way early, then I'm like, oh, God. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, lots of other things, but that's just probably the most apparent one. I think I've learned from relationships to take care of my body. Not Mm. like my physical body, like workout, but I'm snappy when I don't eat, you know, hangry. Mm. I'm snappy when I don't get enough rest, but it took me being snappy in relationships and somebody basically to ask me why I'm being a bee for me to be like, (laughs) oh, it's every time I don't create time for myself. Or like, you know, especially in new relationships, it's like you want to spend all your time with them, but that doesn't work. Like the honeymoon stage ends faster if you're not taking care of your own body because then you're sick of that person. Then you're like, ugh, get off of me. Yeah, I've had no time to (laughs) meditate. I've had no time to do yoga or, you know, quality time by myself or to take a bath. And I usually do that because I'm here with you, but it's not your partner's fault. It's... No, that was my fault (laughs) for not setting that boundary. And I think, I mean, I know I definitely did this in relationships and even in the beginning of my marriage, like catering more to them. And I think as women, we kind of do that because we're taught to take care of others. So you're in this like catering and this, and then you don't, you're like, I'm not, I don't feel good or you're getting snappy or you're feeling resentful, but 
they just think that's who you are and you haven't expressed that you need that time or that space or that you don't like, I don't know, <laughs> that food that they like. Right. <laughs> or like, I can't eat pizza every Friday because... It just doesn't feel good in my yeah, body. Yeah. Right. No, I've had to... Devin specifically. He <laughs> has a naturally very fast metabolism. He could eat out for every meal. I am used to cooking at home. Yeah. I don't feel well when I eat out for every meal, so I have to say that. <laughs> yeah. You have to let it be known. Yeah. And it's worked. So communicate to your partner, okay? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just the best thing ever. And I think it helps you learn from each other. It does. And m- makes the lessons a little easier rather than them being like a smack in the face. Right. <laughs> it's a more gentle lesson. It absolutely is. So to recap, anything you're annoyed by or frustrated or triggered by with your partner is a mirror. And it's something you're not meeting or doing within yourself. Yes. So check in. When you have that resentment, that frustration, what am I not feeding? What am I not doing? And then try doing that for yourself and notice if the energy towards that person shifts. Shifts. Yes. You'll be less annoyed by them for sure. (laughs) For sure. Um, Then also communicate. If you do have more needs that need to be met, say them out loud. Yes. Say what you need. Say what you feel. It's going to make your life easier. It is. Um, So journal prompts. Yeah. What do I love and appreciate about my partner? Or if you're single, what am I looking for in a partner? Yes. Um, what lessons has this person taught me? If you're single, what lessons have I learned from people I've dated? Good. And where can I express myself more to get my needs met? Love it. And that can be dating or in a marriage. There's a couple books I want to reference. Yes. There's um, The Five Love Languages. Look that one up. Then there is also a book that, if you are going through a breakup or divorce, is amazing because things don't have to be as hard as we think. But there's a book called Conscious Uncoupling by Katherine Woodward Thompson. And this book is really good even if you're not breaking up. <laughs> you might need to communicate to your partner why you're reading it if you have one. But it does They're give like, you, why are we in <laughs> But it gives you tools for realizing where the lessons are for you. Um, and there's not really another book written like it. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, we hope this was helpful today and that now you can be more conscious, mindful, all the things in your relationships going forward. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Balance Chaos Podcast. We're so happy to have you here with us each week. Please help us out by subscribing to the show, sharing with friends, and leaving us reviews. You can also follow us on Instagram. We can communicate with you there. Our Instagram handle is at balancechaoslv. Reach out and we'll write back. Bye. 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 Bye.